Welcome to the weekly sermon by Generations Church. We hope you enjoy this message from our special speaker. <laughs> well, uh, this morning, I'm so glad to get to be here and share a word with you. Um, I know that some of you are probably still in a turkey coma, and so I'm going to keep it kind of light today but I think we're going to have some fun. So first of all, before I start out, I need to make my uh, first confession. Uh, Number one is I'm not normal. (laughs) And, And the way that the Lord gives me messages is so different than the way he gives them to Pastor Albert or Pastor Monica. He gives me my messages in like... uh, I thought they were word pictures, but come to find out through the dictionary, they're picture pictures. Picture pictures. So, uh, a picture picture is a description so vivid or graphic as to suggest a mental image or give an accurate idea of what's happening. So this morning, my message to you comes straight out of a picture picture that happened right here at the church. Uh, It was a Sunday morning, and I was walking down a back hallway, and... Uh, Down this back hallway, there are three sconces on the wall. They're probably about 10 feet apart. Ron Lindsay was walking behind me, and uh, as we walked down past two of the sconces, we could see that the third one wasn't working. And Ron made a simple comment. He said, it sure is dark when just one light goes out. And I replied, well, that'll preach. (laughs) And we continued on our way. But I couldn't get that statement out of my mind. It sure is dark when just one light goes out. And the Holy Spirit started stirring scriptures inside of me. And this picture, picture just all started coming together. So here is my second confession, declaration. I don't know what you call it. We're, we're in the Christmas season, right? This is my annual disclaimer I must make. Contrary to what you have heard, I am not a Grinch. (laughs) Even though I found this hanging on my door last week. No names will be mentioned in section one. (laughs) See, here's my thing. I do not dislike Christmas. I don't understand why Hobby Lobby has to start putting decorations out in July. And I don't understand why people want to start putting their tree up in October, (coughs) Marla Johnson. (laughs) But don't go hating on me because I believe Christmas should start after Thanksgiving. Okay? But now it's officially after Thanksgiving, so we're going to let the festivities begin. Just don't go broke doing it. And remember why we really celebrate, and that's the birth of our Savior. So let me get back to where I digressed from. I want to talk to you about light this morning. First of all, I would think it's safe to say that majority of us know, recognize, realize that Jesus is the light of the world. Correct? John 8:12 says, Jesus talked to the people saying, I am the light of the world. The person who follows me will never live in darkness, but will have light that gives life. Okay? So if we have the light 
that gives life, should we not be sharing that light, especially during this Christmas season? Your light matters. You matter. And how you shine makes a difference, whether you believe it or know it or think it or not, even if you're a Grinch like me. We all have different kinds of lights, don't we? Here's going to show this scripture in Matthew 5, 14 and 16. I'm going to read it out of two different versions. You are the light of Christ to the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good deeds and moral excellence and recognize and honor and glorify your Father who is in heaven. The Passion Translation said, Your lives light up the world. Let others see your light from a distance, for how can you hide a city that stands on a hilltop? And who would light a lamp and then hide it in an obscure place? Instead, it's a place where everyone in the house can benefit. So don't hide your light. Let it shine brightly before others so that the commendable things you do will shine as light upon them, and then they will give praise to their Father, to our Father who's in heaven. So, we all are supposed to be a light, aren't we? Every one of us. But here's where you get the benefit of my visual aids this morning. Because not everybody is the same kind of light, are they? Isn't everybody a different kind of light? You're intrigued now, aren't you? I feel like, I feel like this is one of those uh, live Facebook quizzes where, you know, what kind of diamond would you be? What kind of... So this morning, I told you I'm not normal. What kind of light are you? Well, I just happen to have a few visual aids to help us out here. First of all, you might be... Well, of course, this is all tangled up. There it is. You might be a floodlight. An in-your-face broad beam of light that overtakes every particle of darkness. Never backs down. Fills the space. In my estimation, that would be little Sharon Johnson. And see, she's back in Kids World, shining. Then also might be Jeannie Burns, a floodlight. They don't care what your background is. They don't care if you have money. All they care about is if you know Jesus. Amen. Amen. Luke 11.36 in the Living Bible says, If you are filled with light, with no dark corners, then your whole life will be radiant, as though a floodlight were filling you with light. I was looking that up in the Adam Clark commentary, and it says, when the light of Christ dwells fully in the heart, it extends its influence to every thought, word, and action. Floodlights illuminate large areas. To me, another floodlight would be Larry and Marla Johnson. Right now, they're trying to feed 350 families in Guatemala. That's spreading a broad light, isn't it? Amen. 
my hat is off to you floodlights because I don't think I'm a floodlight. Well, okay, if I'm not a floodlight, let's see, what else could I be? Oh, maybe you're a flashlight. You know the thing about flashlights? They only come out in emergencies when there's chaos or no other light can be found. A flashlight helps guide the way when there's darkness. Maybe you're that person that remains quiet in the background until you see someone with a dire need and then that's when your light shines. Is that you? You know, you could be the flashlight this Christmas season to someone who just needs encouragement from the Holy Spirit through your words or your generous actions. I would probably say that my husband is a flashlight. He's, uh, for the most part, pretty quiet. (laughs) 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 But he's always watching. And when there's a crisis... He's the first one there. And that's where God really uses him to shine. The scripture in Psalm 119, 105 says, uh, your words are a flashlight to light the path ahead of me and keep me from stumbling. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path, isn't it? Amen? Amen. So maybe you're a floodlight. Maybe you're a flashlight. Are you still with me? Okay, I haven't lost you yet. I was praying this morning and said, oh, Lord, this is so silly. (laughs) And the scripture came to me, God uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. So so maybe you're not a floodlight. Maybe you're not a flashlight. Oh, this is a good one. And I hope this one works. Maybe you're a flashing light. Can you see that from the back? To me, these are the ones that have that uh, artistic flair in letting their light be known. It could be through the arts. uh, It could be through music. And this is a very valuable light. I mean, what would we do without the musicians, the worshipers, the artists, or the tambourine? (laughs) Just kidding. Just kidding about the tambourine. We won't go there. First Peter 4.10. First Peter 4.10. Okay, you can shut off anytime now. Or not. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. We used to have a lady uh, that played piano here for us years ago. Uh, some of you may remember her. Her name is Bargina. And... Uh, She really has a gift with music, and she has moved away. She has an incredible testimony how God saved her life from mesothelioma and all kinds of different things. But this last year, she volunteered to ring a bell for the Salvation Army, where she's living now. And the whole time that she was on duty, which I don't know why they put you out there a couple hours at a time, she sang carols the whole time. And she even made it onto the local TV and was able to glorify God with her flashing light gift. Amen. Amen. 
so thankful for that. Just always remember that the gifts and the talents given to us by the Lord are to share with others. What better time to do it than now, the whole month? Here's one that uh, just came to me yesterday. Unfortunately, I relate to this one a lot. This is a working light. Maybe you're that worker bee that's so busy doing work for God that maybe you forget sometimes about his people. Oh, it got quiet. My scripture, and I don't have a slide for this one, is uh, the story of Mary and Martha out of Luke where uh, Martha had the sister named Mary and she was sitting at Jesus' feet listening to him teach. Martha was busy doing all the work. And she went in and said, Lord, don't you care that my sister's left me alone to do all the work? Tell her to come help me. And the Lord said, you're so worried and upset about many things. Only one thing's important. Mary has chosen the better thing, and it will never be taken away from her. You know, there are going to be seasons of busyness. Unfortunately, do you know that being busy has become kind of a status symbol? Busy isn't a virtue, it's often an excuse. There are times you're going to be excessively busy. But always remember to focus on what God is really leading you to do. And don't ever forget why we're working for the Lord, and that is to touch people with his love and his mercy. Amen? This one really convicted me. (laughs) Who'd have thunk? A light would convict you. All right, so you're not a floodlight. You're not a flashlight. You're not a flashing light. Maybe you're not a worker light. Oh, this is a good one. Maybe you're a smart light. This is tape shut. (laughs) This is technology at its finest. It knows every command, and it'll do as it's told. To me, this represents the person that has all the knowledge of the Bible. They can quote every scripture that's out there, and yet they don't have love for God's people unless those people are walking perfectly or the way that their their denomination tells them they should live. My example for this would have been my Episcopalian grandmother who thought we were in a cult because we went to a non-denominational church. (laughs) She thought she was loving us, but she was really mostly judgmental and uninterested because we didn't follow her rules of religion. And even though sometimes we think us charismatics aren't religious, how'd you feel when someone sat in your chair today? I'm just going to leave that one there. True religion can be summed up with these two scriptures. Micah 6, 8, 
He has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you except to be just and to love and to diligently practice kindness, compassion, and to walk humbly with your God, setting aside any overblown sense of importance or self-righteousness. And the book of James adds this, pure and unblemished religion, as it is expressed in outward acts in the sight of God and our Father, is this, to visit, look after the fatherless and the widows in their distress, and to keep oneself uncontaminated, uncontaminated by the secular world. There's a little saying that sums this one up. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Amen. So if that, bristles, if that bristles you a little bit, good. Somebody said good. <laughs> okay. All righty. We're doing okay? Yeah. All right. Have you found yourself any of these lights yet? All right, here's another one. Did you know there were this many lights out there? <laughs> this one is a soft, fragrant light. Whew. Do you know people are uh, just drawn to their spirit just in emits this sweet fragrance of God. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 and 15 says, But thanks be to God, for through what Christ has done, he has triumphed over us so that now wherever we go, he uses us to tell others about the Lord and to spread the gospel like a sweet perfume. As far as God is concerned, there is a sweet, wholesome fragrance in our lives. It's the fragrance of Christ within us, an aroma to both the saved and the unsaved all around us. Do you know people like this? This sweet? There's just a sweetness that draws you. Um, Melissa Hale, Amy Beale, Amy Tice. They're just so sweet all the time. <laughs> I've really tried to be like them. It doesn't work for me. But thank God for the fragrant lights because they can touch people that some of the rest of us can't. Okay, this brings me to a good one. This is the vintage light. I kind of liken this particular light. It's a pretty cool looking light though, isn't it? A vintage light. I kind of liken this one to people who like to dwell on the past and they think that God doesn't have anything for them to do because we don't do it the way we used to. Ow. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie. Amen. Psalm 92.14 says, Even in old age, they will still produce fruit and be vital and green. Psalm 71.18 says, Yes, even when I'm old and gray-headed, 
O God, forsake me not, but keep me alive until I have declared your mighty strength to this generation and your might and your power to all that are to come. Now, I did ask permission if I could use this person as my example because I don't want them to think I think they're old. But but, uh, my example for this would be Miss Portia Sharp. She's at a retirement age. She's worked hard all her life. And she could be staying home, watching soap operas. <laughs> Not that she'd ever do that. <laughs> but you know what she's doing? She's going for three months at a time to Kenya and preaching the word and doing conferences every single weekend and paying for it out of her own pocket. Out of her own pocket. You know, you go to Kenya, they don't give you a lot of offerings. (laughs) Give you a chicken. Okay. But listen, you vintage light shiners, we have a purpose. And as much as sometimes my body says, lay down and be quiet. My spirit's still vibrant and bright, and our light is valuable. I earned every one of these white hairs. (laughs) And we still have something to share with the next generation. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hats off to you, uh, vintage lights. All right, here's one. I got a million of them. This is the burnout light. This is a light that's totally lost its zeal for shining. It's that black around the edges light that could shatter at any given moment. That light that feels like its usefulness is no longer needed or appreciated. Or it just doesn't have the energy to shine anymore. And doesn't Christmas just seem to magnify it somehow? I I do not make light of the fact that depression is very real around Christmas time for people. You know, it could be be anything. Family conflicts, overcommitment, financial stress. Every year, at this time, I have to strengthen myself in the Lord. I have to make a conscious effort every single year. Both my parents passed away. My mom passed away on Christmas Eve. My dad waited several years later and he passed away the day after Christmas. And if I let myself go there, if I let myself go there, every year would be brutal. But I can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. My grandson asked me recently, Mima, why do you have worship music playing all the time? Well, it's for several reasons. But mainly to keep the praises of the Lord before me because I learned a long time ago, and I've shared this before, where worship is, the enemy can't stay. Where worship is, you can't, that enemy cannot get a stronghold into your mind. I don't have a slide for this one, but Psalm 42.11 says, Why am I so sad? Why am I so upset? 
I should put my hope in God and keep praising him, my Savior and my God. Isaiah 40, 31, Passion Translation says, but those who wait for Yahweh's grace, or we, you know, those who wait upon the Lord, who put our trust and our hope in him and not people, will experience divine strength. I need divine strength. I don't just need it at Christmas. I need it every day. I need divine strength. They will rise up on soaring wings and fly like eagles, run their race without growing weary, and walk through life without giving up. Psalm 73, 28. But as for me, it is good for me to draw near to God. I have made the Lord God my refuge, and I place my trust in him that I may tell of all your works. I was uh, doing some research this week on tips to overcome stress and depression at Christmas time. And every one of those lists, one of the things listed was reach out to someone else. Or some might say be the light to someone else to get your light shining again. It really makes a difference. Don't go dark on us, okay? Nobody walks alone. Stay in the presence of God. Keep his praises before you. And you'll make it through. Amen? All right, here's my last light. I know, I know you're sad. This is, I'm sure these have a name, but I'm calling it the itty-bitty light. This is the light that says, I'm kind of bright, and I don't shine a huge light, but I shine nonetheless. This reminds me of people who, uh, maybe you're young in the Lord, you haven't been through lay evangelism, so you can ask somebody, Have you come to a place in your spiritual life? If you know for certain you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. Okay, that's all I remember about lay evangelism. Sorry, Dave. Sorry, Jane. But but you don't feel like you have enough knowledge to share. But you know what? Shine anyway. Shine anyway. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that takes place in the kitchen and in the workplace and on the streets. So you don't have to be an evangelist to let your light shine. And not every act of kindness has to be a floodlight act. Here's some simple things as we're going into the Christmas season. Give somebody a hug. Maybe not strangers. I share a little story. One day I was at Carabas waiting for Portia, doing what we do best, eating. And, uh, and I was sitting outside, and the little hostess, teenage, college-age girl, comes running outside, and she looks at me and said, oh, You have the same hairdo as my grandma. And I thought that was her coming to surprise me. Oh, 
oh, I smell so bad. I said, come here, I'll give you a grub. And the, I don't know if she appreciated it or not, but um, yeah, watch that str hugging strangers unless they approach you first. <laughs> you could uh, offer to babysit so parents could go Christmas shopping or have a night out. Ooh, how about being nice to your server at a restaurant? Maybe ask them how they're doing. How about tipping them generously whether they deserve it or not? Because most times, 90% of the time, it's not their fault. You know, Christians get a, bad, get a rap for being bad tippers. My husband told me uh, about a city that when a particular denomination brings their annual convention into that town, they close their restaurants because the, the Christians won't tip. Let's not be that, okay? Let's change that. Let's change that, okay? Here's an easy one. Pay for the coffee or the food order for the car behind you in the line. Not everything has to involve money. Hold the door open for someone. Give up that coveted parking place that you and someone else are battling for at the mall. Bring the office staff some home-baked cookies. Wait. Who put that in there? I don't know how that got there. Visit a nursing home. Last year, my daughter uh, joined up with volunteerhouston.org, their holiday project. And she went with a group, and they went and visited a nursing home. And I believe you found it very rewarding and probably cried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. Don't plow through this holiday season as if God doesn't have opportunity around every corner for you to share His grace. God wants to use you today, He wants you to be a light. And whether you're the floodlight, that leads someone to Christ or you're the itty-bitty light that hugs someone. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, some plant, some water, and it's God who allows it to grow. So be a seed sower. Be a planter. So whether you're a floodlight, a flashlight, a flashing light, a work light, a smart light, Maybe some areas we need to adjust with our lights. A vintage light, burnout light, fragrant light, an itty-bitty light. Be a light. Be a light this Christmas. Don't get so wrapped up in the trappings of the holiday that we forget what it's really all about. Amen? Amen. So, that last slide, Wendy... Let the light shine, do good works, and bring God glory this Christmas season. Amen? Amen? Amen. If the worship team would come back up, we're going to spend a little more time giving glory to our, our Lord and our Savior. And I hope this week you get a chance to figure out what light you are and to be that light to someone who needs it the most.
Thank you for listening. Be sure to visit gchurch.net for more information about this podcast and other resources.